Welcome back to Everyday Disciples, the show where we strive to follow Jesus wherever we are. I'm Pastor Matthew, and I'm so glad you're with us today. We've got a special guest who's joining us today in our very first segment. Rod Otto, a retired pastor from our congregation, sits down with Lori and I to talk about reaching the outcasts. Rob spent much of his ministry focused on ministering to those who might have gotten some side eyes from the good old church people, and we want to learn from what he has to say. In part two, we talk with Pastor Rob about a growing question in the church these days. Why be a member of a church? It seems like an old-fashioned idea these days to formally join a church, but there's some real value to making that kind of a connection with a local church. Buckle up for some great conversations today on Everyday Disciples. Well, welcome to another segment of Everyday Disciples, and I'm joined with a special guest today. I've got Lori here with me, Lori Winnicky, and uh, Lori, you brought a special guest with us. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, who's here with us and what we're going to talk about today? Yes, I'm very excited. Pastor Rodney Otto has agreed to join us today, and our women's Bible study this past session uh, went through um, two of the Gospels, and we just had really great discussion um, around the story of the woman at the well. And we talked a lot about how we could be more like Jesus, how, you know, there's different people at church that, I mean, we've all probably felt like outcasts at one point or another, but, you know, how you feel like outcasts, how people at church feel that they have to look a certain way mm-hmm. or come a certain way on Sunday and how we could be more like Jesus and meet people where they at, where they are at. And I thought of Pastor Otto, his wife shared some great ways of, um, different ways that you were Jesus for people in, I guess, their their tough, difficult times and how you weren't afraid to meet them where they were at, um, even if that would maybe look poorly, for last, lack of a better word, on you from maybe certain church folk. Uh, so we're thankful that you're here. Yeah, and yeah great to have Pastor Otto with us. us. Pastor Otto is a retired pastor in the area, and I, I know you're, I, I don't know, are you officially a part of like every church around here. I know you kind of, <laughs> you kind of bounce around all Pretty the different much, churches yeah. in the area. Um, so I have we, one we lo- church left to meet. <laughs> we love it. I love it when, you know, look out and see out there on, on a Sunday morning and I uh, love having you around here. But, uh, and, and we go quite a ways back too. Oh um, my. We've known each other for quite a while. So it's great to have you on here today. Good to talk about this. Yep. So Our kids were always excited when he would come and preach. I've heard that from other people too. It's the, the pastor that's on fire. That's what they would say. So, and a pastor who I think for a lot of your ministry, you've had a heart for the outcast. Goes way back to my mom. Mm. Well, tell us about that. Well, mom was you know grew up on a farm in Iowa, and mom was a Sunday school teacher, catechism teacher. Pastor leaned on her when there was no one else to lean on, and we would go to church. And there are farm hands, hired hands, who uh, don't have money, don't aren't usually a member of a church, and have a bunch of kids. And mom always went up the long driveway to mm-hmm. to bring them, and they uh, they they were different, but they were part of the community. Sure, yeah. well, it's great that that was in, instilled that long, long time ago. ago. Long time, ago. and you've held on to that all this a, time. A little kid looking out the window and said, "What are we doing here?" You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what do you feel? So, from all your years of being a pastor, what? Is there certain that kept kind of tugging you different, just, I mean, especially in the Lutheran church, right? We kind of talked about that. You know, I know our kids went to Christian schools and everything as well. So was there something just tugging you to kind of seek out um, people that might not fit the typical 
LCMS Sunday mold of what you should be? Both Phyllis and I were very fortunate having pastors who saw the world. They didn't see little Aurelia in Iowa, 1,000 people. Mm. They saw the church as a unit, unity with people everywhere. And both of us at sixth grade had a missionary come to VBS and talk to us about Africa. So that was our first love. We wanted to learn about Africa. And then as a high schooler, I saw the movie Spartacus. I don't know if you know that movie, but... uh, Black man dies for the for the Caucasian guy, mm. uh, both gladiators. And uh, I said, I want to be like, not Spartacus, but the black guy. <laughs> 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 you know, that's more Jesus' life. You you yeah. die mm-hmm. for the cause. Yeah. And uh, and I I think that kind of set the tone. So that continued then. Yeah. You know. You know. Uh, uh, you know, you go through the synodical, wonderful training system, and you're always looking for mission somewhere, tell, telling you about a new person. And I was uh, placed as an orderly at the seminary across the hall from Jakai of India. So we made it to India a couple times, and we're able to see poverty that you can't imagine here in the United States. And, and we spent nine trips to Guatemala among the garbage dump people there that we called fourth world, but but they were happy. They were much happier than we were, really. (laughs) And and their faith taught us a lot. And uh, suddenly there was a propensity for uh, reaching out to people different from us. I guess that's it. So when I go back to the story at the Woman of the Well, I mean, I feel like there's so many different points of why I just love that story so much. You have, right, the woman, the outcast, going at noon, full of shame, kind of the ethnic half-breed. And then you Mm -hmm. have Jesus, who... I mean, divinely knows she's going to be there, seeks her out, loves her. And I just was thinking from like a church standpoint, because we had such a great discussion on that as well in our women's Bible study. We kind of focused on that, that whole story for the whole, the whole time, which was nice. But what are some social, economic, racial barriers that you've seen? Um, so who, who is the woman at the well today? Is that what you're... Yeah, and how could we, I mean, we all technically are the women at the well. I think just people don't see themselves as the woman at the well, I think, is which is a struggle for church. Myself as well, growing up Lutheran my whole life, I think I love how God's used the prodigal son parable to help me realize I'm the prodigal son. Um, so I just didn't know what our... Well, well now, uh, stuck in West Michigan, I find it at Meyer or Target or there when you walk in, you engage with all kinds of people from all over the world. And I don't go in there without any time enjoying someone quite different from me and quite different from my experience. And, and uh, you know, it's the it's my hyperactivity that... Uh, I'm in people's faces uh, socially, and uh, you know that's you know for most people that's a difficulty. For me, that's joy and delight. And uh, you know, just yesterday, Richard, uh, he's the greeter at Meyer here in Cascade, or wherever you might be. There's all. I mean, this is a new age. I don't. I don't have to travel to Africa like a little exactly. boy wanted yep. to. I'm in the midst of a world population, and we're all one. Because we're human and because of Christ, we, uh, you guys preached it, you go across the room. Yeah. But even you know <laughs> his name is Richard. Oh. Which I think, but a lot of people, 
I mean, walk by, you know, you know, his name is Richard. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You've always had this Jesus like quality to well, you to it, love it, and it, know it, people it, for who they are. Yeah, it's Jesus like, but it's a pain because it, <laughs> it, it hurts. It hurts other people. Phyllis gets mad at me all the time because stop it. They, they've got to do their job. You know, but it, it's, no. it's funny, though, that you mentioned that because because I think I've, and I've heard people I, I've lived like on the west side of Michigan my whole life. Me too. Um, and, and I've heard uh, folks who have moved from other even just other parts of Michigan to the west side and have said, like, there's definitely a culture over here. And I don't, I don't know where it comes from of like we like to keep everybody at a distance. Right. You know, we everybody likes their space. We're not like super duper outgoing. It's not like the south. You know, where where you never meet a stranger down there. Um, we in this corner of the world, we are a little bit more reserved and uh, withdrawn, and so it can be hard for somebody like me. Like I have to really push myself to to try to be like Rob uh, or Rod to to share or to get to know somebody's name like that. Mm. That can be and, a bit of a challenge. And that's not important. It's not that. It's just in your own personality. You do it your own way. But in your heart, you're reaching across the aisle. You're, you're seeing someone as a human being, not as somebody who looks different or acts different or is different or has more money or less money or more education or less education. You see people in Christ, so to speak. Yeah. And see them as Christ sees them. I feel like Pastor Sermon yesterday was talking about, you know, those the fears sometimes, you know, what fears do you hold on to instead of living in the resurrected Christ? And I loved, I hope it's okay, Phyllis had shared some stories when you were a pastor and she used to worry at times because you you would meet the alcoholic at the bar. Yeah. You would meet the people where they were at. And I love that. And I, as a pastor, was that a struggle? Did pastors, I don't know, are other people kind well, of- Well, I never made it in the- in the hierarchy of the church, you know, I was <laughs> self-destruct because I was hanging out more with, uh, not prepared for a sermon, not ready to do something because I spent too long with people. So you have to have boundaries. But I think there's a lot of pastors who um, would feel maybe a little uncomfortable about about hanging out with somebody at the bar to, to minister to them even. Yeah, we have, not, we different, have different gifts, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Sure, you know? but but I mean I, th I think that's a huge uh, that's a huge step for 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 somebody you know for a pastor or a, a Christian to to maybe especially you know in, in former generations um, to step into a bar to meet someone where they are to talk to them. I, th I think I, I putting myself in the place of the the person at the bar that you're coming to talk to. I think that that breaks down some of those barriers that I might have because you're willing to step into my space. And and that I think is huge. Yes. And meet me where you're at. And, and when she was telling that story, it made me think of the woman at the well too, right? Certainly. Jesus yeah. came to where yeah. he wasn't like, Hey, this is St. Matthew, eight thirty, ten forty five, show up. No, you Well Matt, you know Burton Harbor as I do. And I had to make hospital calls in St. Joe or is there a Mercy Hospital? No, there isn't a hospital. In a, there isn't a there, hospital in. A, I'm not in sure if it's still there. Harbor. There were there yeah. were a couple of different hospitals. Anyway, I I would always drive. I was in Bridgman, and I'd always drive into Benton Harbor, get out on the street, and start knocking on doors just to have a feel because 
when we started our ministry, we were supposed to go to India, and the visas closed. And I know I didn't get over there because I'd caused too much trouble. Here it's not easy. <laughs> so I know why uh, God sent Herb Hofer there, and he reached out to high-class Hindus like no one else had and found m- many of them believe in Jesus. Glory be, you know. He found... he got past that barrier, and he was able to do that because he had boundaries and he was well-grounded and got through. Some of us are just flying around, you know, and and maybe are an example for others, but uh, don't follow this example. Follow your own with your own personality, your own life, and reach somehow someone that Christ puts before you, and don't be afraid. He'll take care of you. So what are some, uh, you know, for, for those who are listening here, what are some ways that you would encourage them to take those steps? So you, you said, don't be afraid to, to reach out to those people that, that, so, so somebody who's listening, who feels like, you know, there's, there's maybe somebody that God's putting in front of mm-hmm. me here. What, what can they do? Pray, see that person as Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, just love. There are two things that, you know, Christ said, love God and love your neighbor. And if you love your neighbor, uh, it's an action word. It's a, it's a powerful force that the world needs more than ever before. So just love. Just love somebody. Do you feel like the church body as a whole could do a better job of... Always seeking, yes, <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I know. So, I mean, like, what could... are those ways? Because I feel like that's on. You know, I know a lot of kids that are struggling um, with their sexuality and struggling with those areas as well, and um, don't feel feel comfortable in church, and don't feel you know feel that we hold that maybe as a higher a higher sin uh, than we do some of our other sins of pride or greed or gossip and coveting and all those kind of things. Any thoughts of somebody who from years ago was probably trailblazing? Um, although I know you wouldn't well, just look at yourself that way. Just, just each day do what comes before you. You know Bridgman, a little town of 1600 south of St. Joe. We had a couple of lesbians, I guess you would call them, uh, in the neighborhood, almost homeless and uh, they walked in one day, and we we celebrated uh, Christ together. We wholly invited them to our to our church, and we became friends. And uh, I don't know that it made any difference in their life, except uh, you know, uh, Christ was there. I guess you know that's the thing that counts, and and He's there with. Everyone, lepers, you know, look at the New Testament. He he kind of, some people, it's not quite right, but they say a, Jesus had a preference for the poor. He didn't, but but he sure hung out with, uh, you know, people who were ostracized. And there's plenty of those people today. And, and Jesus asks us not to be part of that group that separates people, but unite people, unites people beyond the bound, beyond the the schisms, what's that word? Schisms, Schisms, thank you. Schisms that divide us. (laughs) There's all kinds of them. It feels like the last couple of years, there's been just so much more dividing and maybe that's just in the media and 
as well. And we and, saw and that and with Christians along, online, political, I mean, so yeah, I was going to say along all sorts of different fault lines of, you know, uh, politics and lifestyle and economics. I mean, like there's just so many ways that we can divide ourselves and, and let ourselves be divided where I love what I hear you saying of look for ways to bring that back together and, and be a gospel person instead of a law person. You don't be a Pharisee, you know, that I know this is right and wrong and you're wrong. Think of yourself as a sinner and the other person is a sinner that God loves just as much as you, that kind of thing. I think that's the drive that my mom taught me long, long time ago. Pastor, Phyllis and I were blessed to have wonderful pastors growing up and they were not close-minded people who who caused more divisions in the community, in the church, in the world. They, they brought people together recognizing there are boundaries and there are differences. Yeah, when we were doing our women's Bible study, I mean, everybody always knows John 3.16, you know, that's always so quoted. But then we just talked a lot about followed by John 3.17. You know, everybody kind of, you know, Jesus came to save, not to condemn, you know. And for us, that just was kind of that... That what you're saying too, you know, how often there are times you need law. There are times I definitely need law, but how often more people just need to hear the gospel message. The law, the law and, and the, the gospel appropriately, yep. yeah, rightly right distinguished as we Lutherans so yes. <laughs> minutely tell everybody. So many books on that, yes. Yeah. And it's a good thing. I mean, we you, you, you can misuse the law and you can misuse the gospel and that's hard. So would you just kind of wrapping up with just a little bit, but would you kind of encourage people to go out, get to know their community more? Um, I know for us personally, you know, we go to a Lutheran church, our kids go to a Christian school or, you know, our, I mean, it's almost like an intentional, we have to, I mean, how would you encourage yes, them how do you that? encourage? Because I know you would. I don't know how to pronounce this. I'm sorry, my Sikh friends, Guru Dara, Wawa, I can't remember exactly. It was right up Cascade Road here. They have an open meal every Sunday. Why? I, I preached a sermon here at this church 10 years ago about the Sikhs up the street. And I haven't been there since they have an open except meal, to visit. So to... Oh, yeah. They're, 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 they're wonderful, receptive people. They want to reach out, but they feel quite isolated. All the cars drive by. So that's close by, but the other direction downtown, uh, I like to go fishing, but I usually don't catch fish, so I get tired and go under the bridge, right on Bridge Street, and wherever it is there, the interstate, I meet Domingo and uh, Tennessee Paul and all kinds of people. And don't be afraid to go up and join them. I just went up and and I had some sandwiches. And we sang and I got a sermon preached to me by a couple of the homeless people. Uh, some of the most insightful words of scripture and messages that there ever were. They're people and boy, do they love Jesus for the most part, you know, just like us. <laughs> it's amazing how that human connection uh, is fun. And I know my wife says I have no fears, but it's pretty safe in Grand Rapids under that bridge. I've not had a moment of being attacked or, or 
abused or whatever. They, they're, they're lovely people, and they know how to live together in close circumstances, so they're not afraid for you to come and say hi in their face. They will not reject you unless many are mentally ill and so forth, so you have to be careful how you, how you approach them uh, with your prejudices and your inability to relate to them. Yeah, it's really hard. And fulfilling, I have to say. It's fun, and it's exciting. And you come back to a place like St. Matthew and Cascade, and you say, we're all the same. Which is, I think, what often times we forget. Yeah, we don't get those same experiences. Saint and sinners, we call it, don't yeah. we? The two yeah. sides of our insides, you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not so hot ourselves no. all the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> As much as we yeah. like to think that we yes, are. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> Everybody true. else out there is yeah. the sinner, but not yeah. me. Especially if yeah. you get called by God and you think you're sent by God, and pretty soon you have this <laughs> divine nature to you that gets in the way. <laughs> called by God. But every once God, in a while you get brought down and, and you become very human. Oh, one more thing. Uh, we went to Guatemala nine times in the fourth world. But there were people with us that said, wait a second, there are rich people here. That, and, and we planted a, a wealthy church besides the garbage dump church. So uh, we don't want to depict the poor as the only one with needs. You know, yeah. you know there's great needs among all human beings. And after all, we're all going to be in heaven. So why not have a church that's as colorful as heaven is going to be? It's a great joy when that happens, but not very possible on this earth because we like to be birds of feather who flock. And, and that's love, too. That's not bad. It's just both and kind of thing. Yeah, and that is a good—we were talking about that earlier, that everyone feels outcast at some point Amen. in their life. Amen. I mean, wherever— Without, you know, so I think there's, we talked about that, right? Like yeah. being single in a church, which isn't something that For a lot sure. of people think about, but hard. the loneliness, very hard. Something, you know, all those different things. Yeah. Too, and, so. and depending on, on the particular church community that you're a part of, I mean, you can, there's all sorts of things that we would think of as that's, that's nothing at all, but it, it could make you feel like an outcast, um, depending on the, the individual situation you're in. I know dealing with a lot of the teens and families here too, you know, they're blessed financially, but teens are struggling with being gone every weekend for soccer games and football games and extra conditioning and all those other things too. And so lots of different people, mental health and hurting in so many different ways too. Relationships falling apart. I've never felt comfortable in church. I have a kind of a mental illness thing, you know, I'm hyperactivity and, and I never fit in and I always felt I was an outsider, you know, that was just part of life. And I think that's a human thing, you know, we, we have that crack within us that is broken with God and therefore we're broken with other people and we feel like we don't belong when, when we, we really do fit in quite well with the love of Christ, yes. Well, I thank you for being here because the reason I thought of you was all the things you just said. When we had all the different guest pastors for all the different years here, there was just something different about you. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, Rod, for being here with us today. Thanks, Lori, for, for bringing Rod in here. And it's been great to talk with you. Welcome back to another segment of Everyday Disciples. And I'm joined today with Pastor Rob Appold. And uh, today we're talking about 
Why be a member of a church? Um, I know we're, we're getting close to a new member Sunday here at St. Matthew. We got a new batch of people joining the church, which is always super exciting. Um, but I, I know in, in this day and age, there's a lot of folks kind of asking the question of like, why should I be a member of a church? Like, what does that mean? So maybe, maybe for our conversation today, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about like, what does it mean to be a member? Um, I, I'm not sure that we, we necessarily, uh, in our culture today, have a good grasp of what that means and, and why. Why would we want to do that? So when somebody asks you, like, you know, why why should I join a church, what, what do you say to them? I, I did want to say only reasons not to. So get information. I mean, to get information. You can get information many other places, right? I mean, Google. You could get all the information you want. So, well, now I hope you get growth in God's Word through the church, but that's not really the reason. It's to live out love. Mm. What do you mean by that? It's uh, it's the people that God is putting right in your path to live out a life of love, and that you, you're brought into. I mean, the by the scripture would say you're part of the body. So, as a member of the body, you're here to serve other people. But I think behind all of that is God made us as people who reflect His image to love other people, and a congregation is that opportunity to give, but also to get. I mean, we get something from um, being a part of the church, too. We get his word. We get his sacrament, that personalization of his mercy and grace to us. But we're also put in a context where we're going to be able to give to the betterment of other people as well. And, um, you know, so... the let us portions of the Bible, you know, let us encourage, let us pray for, let us uh, confess our sins to one another. All those are, you know, plural. They're, they're let's do this together. Sure. And so that need for us to be in connection and in community with other people in an honest, heartfelt community, that happens, that, I know it can happen in other places, but it happens specifically and proactively in the church. Mm. I think that's a really different picture than like our culture as a whole has about like church membership and our, our relation, a person's relationship to the church that they go to. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people have sort of a, I don't know, it almost sounds like crass to call it a, a transactional relationship, but kind of like my kids like going there. So we'll, we'll, we'll go sure. there. Or I'll go there, and then when the you know if the pastor changes one day, then I'll, I'll go somewhere else because I don't like the new person. So you know I just I'll, I'll go wherever wherever I like, and I'll and as long as I like it, and that's all I need to go there for. Now I hope you like it, and I hope your kids like it, but that's not quite the whole equation, um, because that can be very selfish. Oh yeah, yeah, it is and very selfish. Being in a in a community, call something from me calls for me to be a part of the larger picture. We don't have membership um, in in our culture the way that we used to. Like, we're, I'm a, you can be a member of like a um, oh like a, a savings club sort of a thing. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I'm a member of a website or something like that where I I get something. You know, I've signed up, so now I get the discount or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like a, like a member at Costco, uh, there's a benefit for me to go there. Um, cheap gas, right? But uh, or, or <laughs> yeah, large, large no, quantities of other no, things. you're gonna. Well, you um, give <laughs> you give them your money, <laughs> right? Right. Um, but like when I think about generations past, uh, there there's people were members of other things. You were a member of, you know, like the, the lodge or a uh, member of different organizations in the community, like the, the rotary club or something like that. Uh, the PTA and, and all these sorts of uh, different associations where people were, were members and, and, and it meant something to be a member of, uh, you know, one of those things, the, the moose or the elk lodge or something like that. We live in a very private and by that I mean individual, private. Our identity, we're self-identity, self-actualization. Uh, Whereas generations before us said you found your identity in being part of the whole. Um, and that can lead to, I think, to the extreme, it's you lose sense of self and you don't have, you shouldn't feel, you know, you shouldn't own your own feelings and you shouldn't own your own decisions because you're part of the whole. I get that. But you, the pendulum can swing totally in the other way too. And somewhere there's the right, be your own individual self, but you're a part of a bigger picture and you're part of a bigger uh, movement for sure. And you're a contributor to something that maybe you won't even get a benefit from. Yeah, you know, I don't know the, the history on this as much. I almost wonder if um, did did membership in a lot of those other organizations did that kind of come up because you kind of we almost always had church membership, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you think back in the ancient church, you had you know there was a process for joining a group of believers. They you know the catechumenate or whatever right. of mm-hmm. coming up and 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 being instructed in the faith and and joining and, and uh, professing your faith. Um, but that usually got you, I mean, in the earliest Christian, that got you into trouble. Right, right. But there was a, you know, kind of a, a membership process. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, membership meant something there that, you know, kind of a lot of these other organizations, I feel like, um, you know, they've kind of echoed that. Well, now those things are all sort of going away. And the, the, the church is, once again, like, different from the rest of culture, and we we still have church members, and that's an important thing uh, to be a a member of the body, a member of the family that we belong to here, um, the local body. Like, yes, as a Christian, we're part of the universal Christian church, right? Uh, Cross denominational lines and all that sort of thing, but like, I'm also part of a local family. I'm a human that's you know connected to every other human that exists on Earth, but I'm also a a member of a specific family and specific name, and it's important to be a part of that family. And there's also the truth that with others, I can do things. I can do things that I can't do alone. By being part of a larger group, I can have a uh, participate in something that, to a much bigger degree. And on the flip side of that, like the the group has a say on me. Oh, well, that's the... You know, there there is like accountability that I get held to. And I have people... I, by by being a part of that church family, um, I'm, I am 
asking them to hold me accountable mm-hmm. and asking them to speak into my life when there's something that I don't see maybe that I need somebody to call out. Um, I, I'm, you know, maybe not, not explicitly, but I am asking for that by being a member of a church. And that that's scary to some people. Oh, that's very scary, yes, and very difficult, to be honest with you, too. Um, how does a church do that well? With a lot it's, of grace. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, but part of that is when we hear God's Word together, we are being called out in that respect. We are joining together with our brothers and sisters and bowing down and saying, we all need Jesus, and we're in this we're in this together, you right. know, to use a Quite a literally, cliche. we are. Yeah. Um, and God help me as, as I help my, my brother in Christ here, my sister in Christ. So now that can get overboard again, that, you know, we're meddling in people's business and trying to make sure, oh, they're having fun. And, and, they and, must be doing something wrong. Right. And getting, you know, very legalistic about it. Right. That's, that's, you know, the, the error that you can run into there. But yeah, being part of a, a you, you belong, you are accountable, and you're a contributor too. You're a, you're a giver. You're we, when we have a baptism. That's why I used to before COVID let an older member hold this baby. Their their life speaks into that child, and that child speaks into their life. Um, and. We need to be reminded of that every once in a while, and and that that membership aspect um, com- brings with it a little more permanency than just the I'm here while I like it. I'm here while I can you know get something from it, and as soon as I'm not getting something from it, then I'm out of here. Um, it does bring with it a sense of like this is my church, this is my family through good times and bad times, mm-hmm. and. When there are those bad times, rather than running away, maybe I need to maybe I need to lean in a little bit and be part of you know trying to bring about change or you know resolution, whatever whatever it is that's going on that's making it you know feel a little bit off. If there's something that is that I, that I feel like I'm not getting from my church, maybe I need to speak up and be the one to help offer that um, and and step up to serve in a in a certain way rather than just running somewhere else where they're already doing it. And I, I hope. You know, our hearers are going to hear this in the right way, too. You can depend on me. Um, we can depend on each other. Yeah. we as, as they, others, should be able to um, count on me, I should be able to count on, you know, my brother or my sister. Now, again, that can go overboard and that can be used wrongly, but it can be a healthy thing, too. I know, you know, somebody's got my back, and and we can accomplish, you know, like a team. You can you can do something if everybody's playing their role. And that's not to say that there aren't sometimes where you know a change is needed. Um, some sometimes things just happen. Uh, you know, life goes a different direction, and it's time for a, a fresh start somewhere else. That that's okay too. Um, I would just, as a pastor, would just say, you know, try not to be running from something. Um, 
you know, but but to to follow Jesus towards something. So you know, maybe maybe you know Jesus is calling you from the church that you're at now to to a, a new church where you can take something good that you learned, uh, some or something that you were able to do at the the church that you're at now, and bless another congregation with that. Makes me think of um, when the the church that I was at before coming here to St. Matthew, when that church closed. Um, I can remember sitting in our final voters meeting with the folks of that church who now are, their membership was going to end because the church was closing and, and more than one person reiterating, like we, we get to now bless a whole bunch of other churches because we've learned all sorts of good stuff here. And now we get to take that somewhere else and be a blessing wherever we go. And it was like, yes, Yes, that's the right attitude. We get to go Praise be a blessing somewhere else, and so that was. Uh, I remember being being very happy, as even though it was a sad time, as <clears throat> as the church was closing, um, to know that like yeah, that we're we're going for the right reasons to to bless somebody else. That that's and that has happened. Mm-hmm. That really has. Um, yeah, th- and to try to think, pray through what would it, what what would be a godly reason to stop being part of a church. I think, yes, if it if the church was pers- persistently pr- teaching falsely, sure. I don't think God would be honored to stay in that, that you would be... I mean, you, you first want to try to effect positive change, but I don't think God would want you to stay in a situation like that. And I think geographically, when you're too far away from, sure. Where you can't from be, each other. Can't be regularly part of the can't life Can't depend the on you anymore, right. right? There is that. I think other times it's really, it should be rare, but I, I know there are times that, I mean, relationships break down mm-hmm. and it'd be nice to reconcile as God would have us, um, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. Sometimes that can be too painful. Exactly. So, again, we live with grace with one another. But we're we're put in a family, and we're made for that too. We're mm-hmm. made for community. We're made for. Uh, it's not good for the man to be alone. We do need other people in our lives to speak into us, to sharpen us, to get an insight that we don't have that I benefit from, that I get the chance to serve and help and encourage somebody. Those are all uh, things that bring out godliness within me. Absolutely. Yeah, so it sounds like being a, a member of a church is a pretty important thing. So I'm glad that we still get to do that. Glad that we still get to be members of a church. And even though our, our culture doesn't think of membership in the same way, I'm, I'm glad that we still get to have that. So thanks for talking about this, Pastor Rob. Thanks for listening to Everyday Disciples. Everyday Disciples is part of the online ministry of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Grand Rapids. We're striving to be followers of Jesus wherever we are, and we hope you'll join us on that journey. If you found this podcast helpful in your spiritual journey, we'd be honored if you would rate us and review us wherever you listen. It helps people find us and get the good news about Jesus out there to the world. If you've got questions or suggestions for things that you'd like to hear about on Everyday Disciples, let us know with an email to media at stmatthewgr.com.